Hey everybody, welcome to the Hoot Hobbs Show. I am Hoot Hobbs. With me as always, Mr. BT, Brennan Torres. What's up? Alright, so uh, we're, we're going to kind of keep it loose tonight. You know? You know what I'm saying? No, We're, we're not going to worry about all the this and that. We're a little freeform. Yeah, a little, little freeform. I would say Friday, because that would go better. But you'll be listening to this on a Friday, so maybe well, that's what we'll do. We'll call it Freeform Friday, even though it's a Wednesday. Don't give them too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so <clears throat> this past week, uh, we're not even going to mess with college sports. I'm just going to say the Razorbacks won the way that they should have won. Well, they should have because yeah. who did they play again? Uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. The Golden oh, Lions. Oh, is that like a, yeah, a I, small local state university? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, there's obviously most people know that there's benefits to the smaller school playing, uh, you know, the bigger school. There's a uh, television exposure. They get money for it and it gives those guys experience playing in stadiums and, exp- yeah. and you know, uh, for all lack of better way of phrasing it, they're exposed to better, you know, better equipment. All of the facilities, spent better facilities. Opponents. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, opponents, uh, coaching, trainers. They're just that there's better equipment and everything around than they are at the small school. And plus, that's also where the universities like Arkansas can kind of like, hey, look at that linebacker over there. Maybe right. he might want to transfer next year. Right. You know, you're always looking at potential prospects. Right. So, anyway, we played Pine Bluff. And like I said, it, I had said something the other day to somebody. I was like, you know, hey, we won that game the way we should have won it. They're like, well, I'm surprised we won it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whatever, man. Look, we won. They're like, of course we won. I was like, no, no, you're not listening to me. We won it the way we should have won it. We went out there. We dominated the, the game, the entire game. It was good. And it's over. So now they can rest and get ready for Mississippi State. And, you know, we're, you know, we're still a week uh, over a week away from that. So, you know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can, see a, a rested, well-fine-tuned or whatever machine coming out on the field. For sure. But, you know, if you give uh, Coach Pittman another week to prepare, in the past he's shown us he's been able to, you know, the, the hogs will be prepared for it going into that next week. I don't know. This season it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, up and down, up and down. Right. Well, <clears throat> we started high. We've been, you know, after that Georgia loss, you know, having a Georgia game at the beginning of the season. Better than a 64 team. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, if you're going apples to apples, yeah, yeah probably. But uh, Talent-wise, you could say that probably about past teams. So several teams have had the talent that, you know, right. would have been unstoppable in a past time. But – in current, times. in current times, <laughs> yeah. those other teams also have that incredible talent. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, having the Georgia game so early in the season, you know, that's you almost have to kind of prep yourself. Like, okay, we're going to go out here and get lumped up on this one, and then we'll come back out. So it happened, whatever. Nobody really got that low over that. Then there was that slug out game with Ole Miss, and we lose by one point. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, man, that sucks. But still not real low because it was a fun game. Yeah, you score over 40 points, then it was a heck of a game to watch. Right. Then the Auburn game, and it was just kind of like, uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. As soon as we lost that one, it was like, uh uh-oh. 
It's like a it's just fl- uh oh. Yeah, flashbacks of uh Houston Nut led Razorbacks teams <laughs> yeah. out on the field. Yeah, oh, all man. of the years of disappointment. Yeah, I was just like, well, that was a that was a strong build up to a hard letdown. But you know, if we can rally, you know, we got to win. Like I said, be it Pine Bluff, whatever, it doesn't matter. We got to win. So hey, a W is a W. Uh, yeah, that's right. So if we can get out there, if we can rally, you know, we've got some winnable games coming up. So let's just get them, get to a good bowl game, and, and you know that's yeah. that's the plan. That's yeah, the that's because, the hopeful. Because if you recall, you even said it yourself on this show at the beginning of the football season that the, all expectations this was a rebuilding season for the Razorbacks. Right. Yeah, and and it, and it is. And you know, last year was a rebuilding uh, season, but it was a short season. You know, everything from training to the actual season itself, it was short. Yeah, and it was kind of weird because there were games getting canceled left and right. right. People well, were... our bowl game got canceled. Yeah. TCU canceled. Uh, TCU? Is that right? All right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think we could I think we could rally and we could get a good bowl game and we could have a respectable season and just kind of keep building momentum. Hey, as long as every year starts getting better, I, I, you know, hey – we're still not two and ten. Well, yeah, they call it progression for a reason. If you can see that the team is getting better each year, and that more and more of the ingredients are falling into place with the players, and the the coaches have time to implement their schemes and their staff, and everything is starting to to flow, then then you'll probably start seeing that. It's just in Arkansas's history since Petrino, we haven't really had time to to let anything good blossom and build, but that's because our options have never really given us much to hope for, for the future. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Another thing though, that you got to think has to be in the head of players, staff, all that kind of stuff is, Hey, you always heard the, uh, you know, I guess it was the Brett Bielema, uh, era was the, came the uncommon loyalty, uh, slogan for the Razorback football, or I guess for the Razorbacks in general. But, um, I'm like, it's not really all that uncommon, though. Like, if, if you're winning, like, everyone is a diehard Razorback fan. And once you start losing, everyone wants the coach to be fired. And because it's, you know, we're, we're not willing to say, oh, you mean to tell me we can't go from 2-10 and 10 to national champions in one year? That's crazy. Arkansas fans are the worst about this. I think it's uh, years and years of jealousy. It's years of seeing the other teams in the SEC obtaining, you know, that legacy, those championships and that history and that pride that people have of being in the SEC. Sure. And Arkansas has kind of struggled to find their place in the SEC after they came over from what the Southwest Conference whenever it was in existence. Yeah. And back in the, uh, you know, Southwest Conference days, Arkansas was a powerhouse. They were right there alongside of Oklahoma and Texas and they were contending for things. And then they kind of got left behind. And I think it's just years and years of that, anxiety of we're going to get there one day hearing it every other year we're going to get there next year yeah which i think that to a certain extent that's a necessary for fans i mean i think fans need to believe that next year's our year you know what i mean like i think a healthy dose of reality is good too but at the same time i mean if you don't have any faith in your team then why are you cheering for that team yeah what's the point i mean hey man i've been cheering for the cowboys and for the bulls since the 90s and look what's happened this year i've been waiting over 20 years man 
Yeah, what are, what do they have they nicknamed this uh, Chicago Bulls team now with all of this influx of young talent that they acquired over the offseason? Do they have any nicknames for any of these guys? Well, the only thing I saw is whenever they announced like uh, DeRozan, uh, of course they were showing pictures of what the team would be. It was going to be DeRozan, Ball, uh, Levine, and Caruso, and it was like, oh, Lob City has moved to Chicago. <laughs> now, you know, I, I think that the you know the Shot Town Lob City is uh, is pretty fitting. Cause I got some high flyers, but, uh, I don't know. Like I said, man, I, I don't, I don't pretend to know. Well, uh, a I, re- lot, but. I remember whenever we first happened to mention that the Chicago bulls had acquired those other players and right. there was that, you know, they finally had their big three more or less, you know, their version right. of that they're going in the season with. And Colby kind of just shot it down. C. Wayne just shot it down. He oh, was, yeah. He's like, there's oh, no yeah. way. No way. Well, you kept giving us updates about how well they were performing yeah, in the bro. preseason. Yeah, and it's man. like, that's just preseason. Psh. Well, now the season has started. Yeah. And these guys, now it's still very early. Still yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. early. But, but, but it's a good start. It's a 4-0 start. Yes, it's a 4-0 start. And you can't, you know, stub your nose at that because typically the teams that start off, start off hot are in playoff contention. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, even if it starts to fall apart mid-season, you've already got a lot of wins up under your belt. You know, and like I said, I, I hope they don't take their foot off the gas. They look good. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball is is a pretty exciting player to watch. Um, he and uh, uh, Zach Levine and and DeRozan they all they all play off each other real well. So and Alex Caruso, man, that dude, bald mamba. Uh, the bald mom. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, was, uh, like uh, C. Wayne had said before, he was uh, trained a lot by Kobe Bryant when Kobe was, uh, you know, still with us and still, I think he'd retired from the Lakers. Maybe they had a crossover a year or so. But whenever he had retired with the Lakers, he was still spending a lot of time at the Lakers facility and spending time with Caruso and some of those other young guards right. trying to, you know, pick his brain, teach him some pointers on, you know, from one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. And I think it's paid off because for whatever reason, he was only a, a role player and a wing player on a Lakers team with LeBron James. But yeah. now that he's in Chicago, he's, showing he's out. more than that. He yeah. could very well be there. I know you hate to hear it, but they're equivalent of a James Harden who comes in and he picks up just where a starter would have left off. Right. Yeah. You know, back when James was coming off the bench before right. they threw a bunch of money at him that kind of made him lazy. <laughs> yeah. But. Right. 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 No, I, I'll give you that. Uh, early, like anyone who listens to this show probably knows that I'm not a fan of James Harden. But at the same time, I'll give, you know, I'll give the devil his due. Yeah. Absolutely. When he was young and hungry, he was a good ball player. And that beard, though. <laughs> for real and I, I i'll always give him that yeah I always give him the beer yeah, that thing is impressive i my opinions on harden see i haven't always been a very big uh, oklahoma city thunder fan because i felt the way that that whole seattle thing sh- uh, shook out it kind of bothered me because i was a fan of the the sonics i thought that they'd earned that franchise and it meant so much to seattle yeah. for the longest time they didn't identify as a we're seahawks city we're a, we're a sonics town yeah, we, yeah. they were Sean Kemp and Gary yeah, yeah, Payton, Sean Dentless Shrimp. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, whenever they moved down to Oklahoma City and they got KD and Russ and right. and Harden, yeah. For some reason, I never liked Harden. I, I don't know why. I could always give him his credit as being a great player, great yeah, off the bench, sure. great scorer. Yeah. If I'm going to give him any description, he's a scorer. He's unbelievable at scoring baskets. Yeah. I feel like once. He left Oklahoma City after they had failed to win that championship where they came right. so close and he was given the big money. Mm-hmm. He kind of he's 
he's never been the same guy was when he was no. hungry in OKC. Yeah, no, I agree with that. He's he's still to this day has a heck of a jump shot. Re- terrible footwork. Oh my gosh, it's awful. But his jump shot's on point. I'll give him that. Hey, it lo- looks a lot better than uh, who? Who is it that uh, he plays on? A, no, he's not on a team. No, he's uh, Ben Simmons. Is that who? Yeah, I, I, I think Simmons. he's technically a Sixer. Technically, I, yeah. But Doc Rivers kicked him out of practice. And, ah, that was good and Joel Embiid says, "Don't come near my locker room." Yeah, I love it. I love everything about he's it. He's brought it all upon himself. Yes, he he has. really has, and it's Absolutely. all over a contract holdout. That's all it is. Is yeah. it's over money? Yeah, and it usually is. I'll be like, but, well, but. I will say this, he's handling it in a manner that I don't think is a very professional way of handling things because he's come across come across as very uh, conceited in the way that he's doing all of this because he doesn't seem to give a you know rat's ass about the Sixers or their team this year. Yeah. All he wants is pay me. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, yeah, if you feel you deserve that money, which by the way, you're already under contract that you had signed and agreed to. Exactly. Uh you should still show up, do your job to the yep. best of your ability, and help that team try to win a championship. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. You're still under contract, dude. Yeah, he signed a document that says that, <laughs> you know, me as a man, I am going to fulfill this and do this to the best of my ability. I tell you what, all I'm saying is somebody wants to get me to sign a piece of paper that says I'll show up, practice basketball, and play basketball for millions of dollars. Or let, let's just cut it down to something that I'm probably worth like fifty thousand dollars. You know, I'm gonna be like, sign me up. I am in. Let's do it. Like one or two times down the floor, I'm gonna pass out. But I, you know, I, <laughs> hey, I I can I can keep going, man. Just you know, I gotta ice my thighs down after it's done. Show up to the show up to the game in a minivan full of kids. You know what I'm yeah, you just you you know you work your your route. You sign the basketballs for the kids. You wait for the camera. Yeah, take a couple jump shots where they take some pictures of you showing up in your gear. Yeah, you take your check, go home. Yeah, that's it, man. And they'll be like, "Oh, uh, does he not? Nah, nah. He's he he doesn't come out on game day. <laughs> We're gonna keep old. He's more of a more of a practice squad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's actually the equipment manager. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's he like got... we don't we'll pay him anything. <laughs> I don't. We don't know why he comes here. <laughs> yeah. We just don't have the heart to throw him out. Look how happy he yeah, is. Yeah, there it is. That would that's my dream. <laughs> equipment manager of the Chicago Bulls. Yes. Oh man, sign me up. I don't want to live in Chicago though. Well, I, I get shot. There's like some nice suburbs around the Chicago area. You'd never even know you lived in Chicago. Yeah. My uncle lives up there somewhere. I don't know. It's just some G whiz information, I guess. I don't know. All right. So so we'll we'll kind of come off of that. Um, Astros and uh, another team, oh, uh, the, the Braves. Braves. Thank we you. We have a World Series now. Yeah. And as I... I'm the one responsible for these couple of posts. As shared on the Hoot Hob Show Facebook page, yeah, yeah. we have uh, two Razorbacks representing in yeah. the World Series. Yeah, one on each team. So that's pretty cool. No matter what, there's going to be a Razorback with a ring at the end of this. Yeah, so that's absolutely. pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. So uh, Drew Smiley uh, plays for the Atlanta Braves. And it looks like uh, Ryan Stanick. Yes. Uh, yeah, Ryan Stanick plays for the Astros. Yes, and both of them are vital to their teams right yeah. now because they've performed well in the playoffs to get them to the World Series. 
and I've, they're both pitchers. So yeah, I'm excited to see how this one's going to shake out because I know everybody digs the long ball, but I've always been a, a lover of when it comes down to October baseball. Yeah, that uh slow game where it's real dramatic all the way to the oh, end. Yeah. You're hanging on every pitch. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, man. spooky season and baseball season and, <laughs> yeah. and hoodie weather. That's that's my yeah, that's, man. That's me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. October is a time for like. In fact, I think. My wife has a shirt that says October's for baseball. Let's let, Okay, I want to get into talking about uh, Dave Chappelle's The Closer and uh, also uh, Theo Vaughn uh, did Regular People. Yes, yes. That both uh, new specials that have released in the past month. They're, right. Yeah. On, in on the, my uh, opinion, very funny. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. In my opinion, they're both really funny. Um, you know, cause I remember talking to you about, uh, the Dave Chappelle, like you'd said, Hey, let's watch the closer and talk about it. So I was like, I love Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Of course I'll watch it. No big deal. Yeah, so before I watched it ever it. made any news. Yeah. Re- yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as it released, we were like, Oh yeah, let's do that. So I watched it and I remember telling you the direct opposite of what's being, uh, like what everyone's got their uh, knickers in a twist yes. about, you know, because I said, I was like, you know, it was still Dave Chappelle. It was still edgy. It was still funny, but it really did seem like a, Hey, don't be mad at me. They're just jokes. Okay. So there's two parts to that little breakdown. Just and like I said, that's my opinion. I, I, Dave has made it very clear where he stands on things. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and hats off to him for it. Yes. But uh, in his defense, that's the way he's always been. He right. Has, yeah. He has always, if questioned on something, if he doesn't come to the conclusion that he was wrong in his own, you know, comes across it on his own. Right. He usually does kind of give him the "f you." I say what I want, and yeah. I meant what I said. But you know, that's the whole thing, though, that I'm wanting to get into, and you know, because uh, I, there was a, a group of um, not not necessarily trans people, but trans activists i guess you could say it worked at mm-hmm. netflix and there was like 12 people and they were like we're gonna protest this and so like 12 people walked out and the ceos at netflix never knew anything happened and like i saw some of the videos from this right and i i i don't know like you know how i am about things and i don't trust anything that any news source tells yeah, us no if you don't come across it on your own as like raw video that someone posted it, to right, youtube yeah it's, it's got somebody's yeah. opinion on it you're like i don't yeah. want to watch that and it was like counter protesters clash with trans activists and violence blah 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 so the video i watched was one of these protesters and there were you know quote unquote counter protesters mm-hmm. it was three dudes holding signs that said like jokes are funny and we love dave and I don't know. It's another sign says something, yeah. whatever. So anyway, one of these activists tears his sign up, you know, rips it down, everything. And he's holding a little stake that his sign was on that said, like, we love Dave or whatever. And this woman backs off and starts screaming, he's got a weapon. He's got a weapon. And there's cops around. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially in the volatile times we live in. Right. Especially with protests of any sort or, or anything is always so. They're just one spark away from something setting something off and that could include a police officer mistaking the situation yeah exactly so not excusing police officers but at the same no no okay look man so this is easy for me okay because i used to be a cop okay uh the split second decision uh that takes an eternity 
and there's multiple, okay, and it's usually all in one fluid motion. You have to make the decision, do I pull my gun? You know, is this person a big enough threat that I need to unholster my firearm? You make that decision, you've got it out. Then you have to say, where's this threat? You know, how, you know, how crucial is this threat? You know, and caught in the action, you know, I've never, I've never been in this situation. So mm-hmm. I can't, I can't sit yeah, here full, and say. Full transparency, yeah, you can't say. That I cannot you, say, but what I can say is I've been in situations like this in other career mm-hmm. fields that mm-hmm. I, I, I've participated in, I guess you, or yeah. I've been employed by or whatever, yeah. you know, you have to make a split second decision whether or not you're going to pull the trigger. And that's awful. And if there's a cop out there who kills anybody, anybody, no matter what color, creed, religion, whatever, they kill anybody and they're like straight up cool with it. That person does not need to be a police officer because there's something wrong with their, with, with their brain. You know what I mean? It's a very mm-hmm. unnatural thing to take life. Uh, if it doesn't eat at you, you're probably a sociopath. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, most of these officer-involved shootings. Now, I'm I'm not going to sit here and break down every one of them. I know there was a bunch of them that were shady or, or yeah, there's whatever. A, there's a number of them you could point to that do, look very, like, the sus- right. suspicious sure. or suspect and in, in all, sure. all the information around them. But there are a number of others that aren't. Right, exactly. And in fact, the vast majority of them that you don't hear about are actually, you know, police. When I'm talking about officer-related shootings, is most of them are ruled what's called a good shoot, which means the officer made the right decision. You know what I mean? Like somebody's life was in danger. That officer saved life. He, they rule it as yeah, it's still a homicide, but it's not a murder. You know what I mean? It's a justified shooting. That's that's the word I was looking for. Justified. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. Let's get back onto the Dave Chappelle thing. But so, you know, you have this. So that tells me this, okay? When we talk about the, the mobs and stuff like that, you know, the protests. Now, yeah. I'm not talking this, this one in particular. I'm just talking about in general, you know, the protests that clearly got out of control this past year. No matter what side of the fence you're on, you got to be able to say mm, things got a little out of hand. Yeah. So anyway, you don't want the police. You hate the police. But then you ask for the police. And... It shows me that you don't care. What if that cop would have shot that dude? Would would they have cared? I I can't really speak to how you know. I didn't see the same thing that you right, saw, but right. I, and I, even I if you did, you didn't see it through the same eyes. I did. It's you know? true, but I can say that you are right, though. If uh, they were willing to uh, put somebody else in jeopardy or in a situation where their life could be taken due to of a lie. Yeah. Well, that type of a person really is kind of a hypocrite with what they're protesting against in that case, because if they're protesting nonviolence. Right. Because, you know, words are violence. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's That's been a big thing. So that kind of brings me back to Dave Chappelle. Uh, Dave Chappelle, I, from what I understand, is very, like, from what's being portrayed right, or, or, you know, posted about him right now, he's very anti-trans. And, like, the... The comedy special I watched was not anti-trans. You know what I mean? It, it just, it wasn't. Like, I, but I'm from the generation that comedy, there was nothing sacred. Yeah, there was nothing that was too hot or too political or too, you know, too soon that they could make a joke about it. Right. I mean, they were making jokes about 
uh, Steve Irwin's death like the week after it happened. Right. Saturday Night Live did a sketch about uh, Dick Cheney shooting that dude on a hunting trip like the the weekend or maybe maybe two weekends after it happened, you know. But you know what we all did as Americans? We all laughed. Even if we shouldn't have, we all laughed. I, my whole point is this. Comedy is comedy. You know what I mean? Like, the, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but okay. The equation for comedy is tragedy plus time equals comedy. And if you think about it, eh, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of true. You know mm. what I mean? There are some things that are sacred that people don't touch, but you know, but like, I don't know all this. Basically Dave Chappelle said it really well. And, and I, this isn't a direct quote cause I don't know his exact words, but he did say, he's like, if you want to be, you know, live the way you want to live, whatever, to what degree do I have to participate in your self-image? Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I'm at. Like, you know, I'm not going to go, like, intentionally try to start something. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, I know what I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that make any sense? Yeah, I kind of I kind of say see what you're saying there. But also, um, I mean, it's one of those things that, how far does another person have to go to make sure that you're happy and in your safe split, your safe yeah. space? That's what I'm getting at. at. At the expense of their own lives, because at the same time, we are supposed to be free, loving Americans that can do what we want under the laws of the, you know, the, yeah, sure. That we abide by the laws of the country. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so if no one's trying to stop you from doing whatever it is you have the, the you, you know, I'm talking about things that are legal and yeah. everything. You can literally do whatever you want. No one really has that power to stop yeah. you. Um, if you want to make your, your living, all you do is you sell wigs that you make out of, uh, you know, shaved cats. Yeah. You can do that. As yeah. weird as that is, you can do Yeah, that. you can do it. And, you, get but, your, you get your permits and everything to show that you can have a business. They will let you do that. But I don't have to go buy cat hair wigs. No, and you don't also have to, you know, if they come into your store, you can ask them to leave. Yeah. They, they, if they're going to sit there and make a scene, you don't have to, you know, allow them to be there on your property. Right. So, okay, so that kind of goes to Theo Vaughn, okay, in Regular People, which I watched, and uh, that was fantastic. Everything about that, because like, I was like, oh, I... I was surprised of how far he went on some of those jokes, considering yeah. just a week prior everything that Dave Chappelle had gotten. Yeah, yeah. With, with you know blowback from all of that. Now at the same time, Dave's past like three specials, he's kind of landed. He's been he's, building up to. He's it. been hitting hard on that particular group of people that were sure, offended. Sure, sure. And Theo's, I think, in a way, was satirizing that and trying to mock the fact that everybody is very sensitive about. Yeah, everything. but. This, that was what I got out of it too. It wasn't necessarily swinging at anybody. It was, but at the same time, it was swinging on everyone because it was like, y'all, everyone is just too sensitive. Like, like, I, I don't know. Like if, if what someone you don't know, a stranger's opinion is what makes or breaks you. You've got other issues to deal with. You know what I mean? Like truth. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm not trying to be a hate monger in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. at the same time, I'm like, I don't have to see the world the way you do. 
it is very obvious to me that I don't see the world the way you do. You know what I mean? And we don't see the world exactly from the same lens and we never really will. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we can't still live in the harmony that we live in. Like you're one of my best friends in the world. And I mean, we have such different political points of view that it, right. It never really impacts anything, though. No, at the end of the day, we can talk to each other like yeah. we are right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, we're essentially that was what sparked the whole idea for podcasts. Yeah. We're having conversations like yeah. we should record these. Yeah, just like uh, last week, how we had mentioned how we hadn't spoken to each other for like eight years. It'd been a minute, right? Yeah. Well, then you know we started talking, and then we talk like every day now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very true. But so so you got Theo coming out with some of his jokes that were. Um, touchy we'll say yeah i don't care i would endorse that dude anytime he is hilarious i think i thought it was very funny and you know some of them wouldn't be my i'm not his demo on some of those jokes that he was making obviously yeah but i found the humor in them but i'm i've been a comedy you know that's that's something that's been an interest of mine going back to when i was like a teenager so yeah i've always been invested in comedy and that's all sorts of comedy like i was the guy that while everybody was hating on Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy and oh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. and all of those, oh gosh, uh, J- Bill Ingvall and uh, Ron White and Ron White, yeah. I was like, no, you guys don't understand. Ron White is a road comic going back years. He oh, yeah. has worked his ass off to get here. Yeah, don't you dare take this away from him. Yeah. So. Well, I, I'm going to kind of get away from stand-up comedy just because it kind of goes with the same conversation that we're having. It feels like we're having more of a conversation about than the stand-up comedy. Is Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. You may have heard of him. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's a pretty decent ball player. Uh, I think the name has come across. Yeah, right, right. So while they were playing the Bears, he gets a little bit uh, into a jawing match with uh, some fans after he runs in a touchdown and tells them he's like, my entire career, I've owned you. And as well, facts. I know everyone's upset. I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. Y'all yeah, scoreboard, never guys. Look at the scoreboard. Has he ever what lost? Going, to the, what are you going to do? Has he lost to the Bears? Mm-mm. I didn't think so. No, but the point is this, is and the point he makes is really cool because he says, like, I'm not a part of your woke cancel culture. He goes, I'm not going to play the game. I don't want to participate in it because he makes a good point, man. What's cool or what's a part of the fun of sports is a little bit of trash talk. I mean, it's always been a part of every game. Didn't the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary last summer when it released really focus on MJ's incredible ability to talk mad trash to every single human being that ever including his teammates yes that ever tried to step to him on a basketball court yeah i watched film gosh uh just this past week on youtube it was an old clip i guess it was a clip from whenever he came back two years after he had walked away from basketball but not the in between where he left to play baseball <laughs> yeah, yeah, the second time yeah this is the yeah. the second time he yeah. retired and well, came back it was someone on the bulls i can't remember the name of the guy but he was talking smack about mj so mj showed up to practice one day 2 years after retirement mm-hmm. the guy didn't score a basket he talked smack to him the entire time he called his shots as he was making them <laughs> it was just brutal and yeah. that was MJ not playing professional basketball for two years and doing that in a practice. Right. Yeah, so, but I mean, yeah, trash talk. Yeah, trash talk's a part of the game. Well, now everyone's wanting to, like, get all 
butthurt about Aaron Rodgers doing this, man. Like, I'm seeing more and more people that stand up to, like, I've made it very clear. The one thing politically and and uh, in the media and everything that I just can't stand is the, is the cancel culture thing. Uh, you know, I just, I, I don't like it. You know, I, I don't know. Let people say what they're going to say and just deal with it. Flip side of the same coin. Uh, I think that a big problem with cancel culture, what, what actually started the root cause of it, was because of what we used to call keyboard warriors, and I'm sure that's still a thing. Uh, but anyway, keyboard warriors, they, yeah, you'd be, you know, on your Twitter tough. You know what I mean? And, yes, yes, yeah. yes, I do. So, like, people have gotten so used to being able to say whatever they want through a screen and not getting punched in the mouth for it that now, like, we just have no manners whatsoever. Like, we're just, like, human beings, as a general rule, are nasty creatures. Like, I, I, you know, there's a vast majority, I'm sure, of good people. But the only ones that are ever in the spotlight are all these naysayers and negatives. And, you know, you can't do, you can't do, you can't do. Well, I'm one of those people. You tell me I can't, I'm probably gonna. In defiance. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I'm that same type of personality, and I'm paying for it because my son has developed those same personality traits that if you tell him he can't do something, he's going to prove you wrong. Right. While I admire that, if I tell him, you know, one day you're too short, you're never going to probably ever make it as a professional athlete, and then he goes out there and proves me wrong, I'll I'll be a one proud papa. Yeah, right. But at the same time, right now, (laughs) if I tell him to go to bed, and he doubles down on the no, you (laughs) go to bed, dad. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I've got one of those, too. My daughter is a jerk. I love her, and she's so sweet. Bedtime is when she turns into a monster, though. I'm like, hey, it's time to go to bed. Oh, can I stay up with you? No, you got to go to bed. Oh, goes to bed, gets back up two minutes later, comes in, Dad, can I have a drink? I'm like, no, go to bed. Yeah. So she goes to bed, and she intentionally, that's the only way she could do this, she intentionally stays up for about another hour. And then she'll come out there when everyone else is in bed. I'm just like sitting in the living room and she'll be like, dad, I'm like, uh, that's terrifying. What, what do you want? She's like, can I have a drink? I was like, I already told you, no, you need to go to sleep. She's like, I can't sleep if I don't have a drink. Uh, And then I'm like, man, all right, fine. Get a drink. I know I'm that same way. (laughs) I'll, I'll put him to bed. We'll go through the, you know, the night routine. He's got his jammas on. We'll read the Dr. Seuss book. Oh, yeah. him in, get him everything going. And then after it's, it's like, Daddy, it's like, what? I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? It's, it's like, like, no, man. I just put you to bed. We just read a story. You had a bath. What do you mean you're hungry yeah. now? Yeah, it's that's called, I don't want to go to bed hungry. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm stalling. Yeah, it's just trying to stall you out. <laughs> but man, being a dad's a trip, man. It's uh, something that I never knew that I wanted until I became it. And now I understand everything. All of the things that I've ever heard about, you know, you hear about once you have a kid, you'll know. Yeah. I know it now. I get yeah, it. I yeah. do. Sure. I never did before because I couldn't stand the little booger eating yeah. kids. I got oh. nasty. No, get them away from me. <laughs> I say, most people are like, see, now you love kids. I'm like, no, no I love my no, kids. I love, yeah, my kids. <laughs> I was like, I love Don't my kids. Don't get it kids. twisted. Yeah, I love sometimes, my kids. Sometimes I could deal without him <laughs> acting the way that he acts. Uh, yeah, getting back on subject. Uh, cancel culture sucks. You know, uh, we have a freedom of speech for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Say what you want to say. Don't let people silence you. But at the same time, you know, take a 
I don't know, take a, take a quote from Confucius. Don't be a dick. You know, that's all you got to do. Just, just be nice. Be nice. Be nice until someone gives you a reason not to be nice. Then punch them in the mouth and then be nice to them. Man, I think I'm going to have to get down on some of this uh, Confucianism. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. I'm, you know, I'm very enlightened. <laughs> paraphrasing? Uh, yeah, I might be paraphrasing <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, either way, since we are talking about Theo Vaughn, I'll, uh, I, I, I'm going to, I, I got to say one of his jokes. Okay. Uh, and it's, to me, it was just ingenious and it was so simple and it took a swing on one of his buddies and it was just fantastic. So he was talking about, you know, his whole subject, uh, uh, subject matter uh, of, of regular people is he said, I grew up around regular people and then begins to describe people who are anything but regular. <laughs> Yeah, weird people. Yeah, it's very strange people. But uh, he did say, he said, I grew up around this ginger kid. And he's like, oh, oh, man, ginger. Morgan Wallen taught me that. I was like, oh, no, he did not. So now everyone's in trouble again. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, he just, you know, is that that a thing on ginger? You got to drop the hard R? (laughs) I don't think so. And if anything, they would be going cancel culture on South Park, I would think. Uh, Yeah. Eric Cartman's gone pretty hard. Uh, Gingers gingers for for the past, like, 20 years. See, I think that's what gets me the hardest about the cancel culture is, you know me, and we've talked about it. I'm as open-minded and as, you know, free thinking and, for lack of better description, liberal-minded as you can get. And I don't understand it whatsoever. I have always been freedom of speech is something that we're all granted and we should take advantage of the right that we have a ability to say what is on our mind and other people, if they don't want to listen to it, they don't have to, but you have every right to be able to say it. Yeah. As long as you're not, you know, doing it in any slanderous way. Sure, sure. So the fact that everybody on the far left side of things are now becoming very overly sensitive is irritating. Because it's something that I've always been like, when when a cons- when the conservative right would always protest everything, that's when everybody would always go up in arms. It's like, you're too soft, you're too yeah. sensitive. Yeah, now absolutely. here we are with the same thing, but the shoe is on the other foot. Yeah. The only difference is... is they're going a lot harder, and they're canceling a lot more things. Yeah. And then if you try to fight back against being canceled or what they are canceling with any form of nostalgia or love or fondness, you will be canceled as you well. Yourself will then be canceled yeah. as well. Which that is toxic mindset. You want to talk yeah. about toxic things? That's a toxic. Yeah. Mindset. I would say. I mean, here's the thing. Like you were just saying, you're very liberal minded. I am very conservative in in, in most cases. Like I have a few things no, that no, I have for the for the most part. We really like live in the middle yeah exactly but you know like uh, traditional marriage is a thing for me but that's because of my faith and all yeah. that kind of stuff because and, and i'm not religious really at all so that's kind yeah, of one of the sure. big differences right there sure uh you know the trans thing i i support anyone's right to live the way they want to all that kind of stuff i do not agree with it uh because once again of my faith and things like that but look nowhere in my faith does it ever say go you know go find transsexuals or homosexuals or bisexuals or whatever and and chastise them and persecute them yeah no that's if anything that goes against everything that you stand for persecution is something that if i recall that you were taught you know going through church that that's something that you don't do to other people you're not supposed to judge other people i mean and especially towards loving what you know christians would refer to as like the end times is that Christians are the ones we're we're the ones that are prophesied to be 
persecuted. And I think to a certain extent that's been happening for a long time all over the world. Um, it is kind of starting to hit the U.S., but like for anybody in the U.S. to be like, we're being persecuted as Christians, I'm like, mm, I feel like that's a little soft because like you still live in a house and are safe. Yes. So I don't know if you can and say that's persecution. Still, you still live in a country where freedom of religion was like yeah. one of our big things. That's kind of like, yeah. It's yeah. but see, okay, on the flip side of that coin, right there, because I am a Christian. Do I think oh, we got to get all these Buddhist temples and and mosques and stuff out of the? No, I don't think that. Um, I I don't know anything about other mm. religions to be honest. I mean, I, I've studied a little bit here and there, but. I really don't know much about other religions. All, all I can tell you is that I believe what I believe. And if you believe what you believe, I mean, that's that's your thing. If you want to learn about mine, I'd be more than happy to give you what little knowledge I do have. You know what I mean? And, you know, maybe in return you can do the same. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like at some point we got to just be like, you know what? This is all really silly. Let's just stop being mad all the time. Yeah, I think... You nailed it on one of our first shows that we were talking about music, and you were also talking about lyrics, but you mentioned a quote, and I can't remember who you said the, the quote was from. I think it was Tom McDonald, but it was, why is everybody got to be ugly to each other? Why can't we, why is everybody got to act that way? Why we got to be ugly to each other? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was actually quoting uh, a, <laughs> a song of his that has a funny title. It's called Buttholes. Yeah. And oh yeah, that's right. Why is everybody got to be a butthole? Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, all we do is sit around talking mad smack on our phones, and you know, and basically the whole thing is he said like, we as a general whole, we as people, we've we've just been being buttholes, and and it's you know, I think it's time we just stop. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just like at some point, I I feel like I'm. You got to get tired of it, man. You got to get tired of just being upset about. Everything all the time. I know. Uh, Just speaking from someone who deals with a lot of depression and anxieties a lot, it is a lot to deal with, to deal with all of those anxious feelings, to feel like something's wrong. So it must be miserable to be one of those people that gets upset about everything that isn't directly impacting your life. Like my anxieties are usually things that I'm dealing with with work, (laughs) my family, you know, whatever is happening in the show. It's not other things, but if someone's getting offended by like the street three stooges, that offends me. That's too violent. I don't want that on television yeah. anymore. Let's cancel it. And then every time they see the three stooges, they get upset. Yeah. That has to be a miserable. Oh life yeah. It's going to gonna go be exhausting, it. man. I mean, seriously, like at what point do you go, this is it. This is where I've lowered myself. I'm upset that it's raining today and I'm going to let, I want to cancel the rain. I'm like, well, you know, good luck. Yeah. I, I don't understand it myself. Because I think i am always been one to preach that if we don't learn about our history accurately, mm-hmm. then we're doomed to repeat all of the mistakes again. Yeah. Which and, is sadly what I see a lot that happens. If you just look right. at, if you zoom out and you just look at the world and how everything goes right now, you can kind of see cycles of things that have happened. Sure. In the past, that caused wars and caused all kinds of strife and miserable. And it's like, we've been down this road before, guys. All it ends up is... A, Two sides ends up in a fight and a bunch of people die. Yeah. Why can't we just skip to the end part where we make a treaty and we decide sure. to get along? Yeah. But I will say this. Um, I never thought one of the most like profound quotes I'd ever hear in my life would come from a movie. And like not even some brilliant masterpiece of a movie. 
I'm talking about Fight Club. Are you talking about masterpiece? It is a masterpiece. It, well, I understand that, but uh, I, I believe that. But not all people do. Oh, wrong people? Yeah, exactly. Ca- the cancel people. What is? Hold on. What? <laughs> what are they going after? Fight Club? Uh, no, for? They're, they're not. But <laughs> but one thing I can I can say that um, happened to uh, I, I would say the Gen Z like C Wayne them. Uh, anyway, I, I thought it was a cool quote. He was saying, uh, Tyler Durden says uh, something to the effect of, we have no great war, we have no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war, and our great depression is our lives. And I was like, that's what happened. That's what happened. They they got to a point, like, at some point, we, and I'm not saying they as in, like, any certain group, I'm talking about we as people, have gotten to a point where we forgot what it was like to really struggle for things. And to really have to earn things, and now it were I think that we as a people are so soft that even, you know, someone making a joke that hurts your feelings, which I, and I'm not denying that, you know, but I don't feel like that's enough of a reason to go and try to like deplatform somebody or to uh, destroy somebody's career because they hurt your feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I don't think people really understand how difficult life was just not that long ago either. Right. Because, I mean, look what happened whenever the pandemic first started and all of the shelves became empty with meat. Well, the first thought a lot of people had is, I'm going to need to learn how to hunt. Right. Because if I can't... Uh, go to the store and find meat. We don't know when, you know, what's going to happen with the future. Everything's up unknown. It's not just that simple. You can't just go out, shoot something, and then, boom, I have dinner that night. That's not right. It. Yeah. There's a whole process, not only the hunting part, but, you know, preparing it and everything sure. else before you can actually eat it. Yeah. So think if you had to do that every single day. If yeah, you had to go right. out there and hunt and find your food. Yeah. Hunt, kill, clean, eat. Farm, whatever you yeah. have to do. Work hard to to eat, to live, to get by. Yeah. We are a very spoiled generation where we can just go to a grocery store and purchase sure. things. So I think that's something we need to look at sometimes whenever we start taking these things for granted and complaining about how hard our lives are, when in reality, right. technology and advancements have really made things a lot cushier, and we're a lot closer to that fat, lazy dog laying on our couch yeah. than we are that wild wolf running through the <laughs> right, wilderness yeah. hunting for... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, I think that all of these different things have played into like the condition our culture's in right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. I really don't. If you think everything's going swell right now, you are not on the right side of the fence. You know what I mean? Like, you need to understand that even though we're fighting back and forth with each other, we're on the same side of the fence. And there's a bunch of people who are who are on the outside of this inside joke looking at us going like, okay, see, they're doing what we want them to do. And, you know, that, I, I'm not trying to go too Alex Jones on you, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I was starting to feel a little animal form here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe so. I, I don't know either. I just know that... Uh... That's something that I've thought about a lot since, you know, when the world changed. 
around that March 18th or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Everything man. just decided to go on lockdown and shutdown and the world changed. <laughs> yeah. People went to the store and you couldn't find toilet paper for three months. I, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay, I, I'm sorry, man. Look, I. Um, in, in early 2020, the TV was already littered with political ads. Okay. Because we had an upcoming election. Yeah, yeah. So I had already given up on television. So therefore, I'm learning about everything via Facebook about COVID. Oh, no. Right. And so everyone keeps talking about toilet paper, toilet paper, toilet paper, toilet paper. Can't find toilet paper. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, luckily, I just made a Sam's run. You know, I had a year's worth of toilet paper, you know. But all I could think was like, Oh man, this is like Giardia or something. Like you're gonna get it, and like your guts are just gonna liquefy. Oh yeah. And then yeah. everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Is I don't know what this is. I don't guess." And they're like, "No, it's like the flu." I was like, "Why is everyone buying you're toilet like, why paper? Why the hell is everybody buying toilet paper for?" I just assumed it turned. You know, your it gave you the runs yeah. really, really bad. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was assuming. Yeah. No, know? that's what I thought too. But no, no <laughs> flu-like <laughs> symptoms. Yeah, I was like flu. What kind of flu y'all like, get? Like severe flu-like symptoms, but at no point in the flu have I ever recall like it coming out both ends. Uh, I don't, yeah. Maybe I just ain't got the right flu yet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but that was a weird one, but yeah. Yeah, that that stuff like that kind of makes you think like that's how dependent we are on all of these things. And when people start complaining about how hard their lives are, you kind of want to step back and it's like, well, do you live on a farm? Yeah. Do you like live out in the wilderness in Alaska? Yeah. Do you hunt for a living? Yeah. No. Oh, you know, you don't. You oh. go to Costco. What? You go to Aldi's. Yeah. What? That, tell me about how hard it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rogers Avenue on a Saturday morning is pretty tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It is pretty tough. <laughs> At least to hang on to my religion. It's really tough. <laughs> but neither here nor there. It yeah, is not but, a difficult life. But at the same time, you're not tracking, hunting, skinning, and preparing, <laughs> right, and yeah. cooking. Yeah, you're not doing all of that. And then trying to find out how you're going to save it and preserve it because you don't want to do that again. Right. Because <laughs> you're like, that sucked. I don't want to do that again. But I wanted to ask you what you thought about the uh, Alec Baldwin Russ gun going off on the set situation. Because oh. there's been some new stories that are now starting to come out that there was a lot of people that were protesting the idea. Uh, they're not wanting to be a part of the film because they said that it wasn't being handled well. It was kind of sloppy with how they were handling the firearms and it's just a yeah. whole mess. And I, you know, after the first day or so of that story, I, I haven't really looked much into it, so I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about it. But from what I understand, on the set of that movie, Rust, uh, he was handed a, a a handgun. Yes. And it had a live round in it. Yes. Um, now, explain to people what live round means, because a lot of people are thinking, oh, why would, the, why would they put a bullet in a prop gun? Yeah. That's not what live ammunition no. means. Uh, a, a blank, which is a... Uh, it's a bullet that basically doesn't have the tip that sh- the projectile that shoots out. It it's basically just crimped to where it makes a bang, and that's all it does. Yeah, and with uh, how fast the bullet travels, the rest they can do with a computer, with with uh, acting, whatever they want to do to make it look like someone got shot. Right. However, something happened, and and this- there was a a real 
And they're still saying it was a blank, but somehow somehow somebody got shot. Went off so, and somebody got shot. And it went through like the cinematographer and the director and yeah. it ended up killing her and right. the director's still alive. Right, yeah. And, and so, it's just a really tragic story, but I guess now the detail of the you know, all of the reporters and everybody are really digging in and the police yeah. investigation, they're finding out that there was a lot of people that were trying to warn of how careless people were being with these firearms on this set, really? which kind of brings up the question of what happened here? Because if these are professionals dealing with yeah. prop guns and how many movies have you seen and how yeah. often have we heard of this? Brandon Lee, I think is the last time I can recall a prop gun going off that ended in tragedy like this I don't on the even... set of the crow. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I do know about that. Yeah. Where Bruce yeah. Lee's son was killed because yeah. the prop gun went yep. off. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, uh, that one's still questionable, and there's still a conspiracy yeah. theory still bound. I about to say, it. and here's the thing, man. I think anytime something like this happens, it it's questionable. Why do you have when I now I'm going to refer to this from here on out? Well, I'm going to refer to it as live ammunition, but I'm talking about a, a, a round with a projectile. Mm-hmm. Okay. For what purpose is it on the movie set to start with? Right. So you have that question. Okay. So why is it there? Why is there a, why is there live projectile ammunition on the movie set? Okay. So we don't know that one, but it's there. Okay. So Mm -hmm. fine. It's there. How does it get mistaken for a blank? Because I promise you, if someone showed you a picture of a blank and a picture of, you know, around with a projectile, you would know the difference. They look very different. Okay, um, so how does it get loaded into the weapon? How, how does it end up chambered? Mm-hmm. Especially whenever there's a person who's literally their job is to handle this this it, gun. Yeah, so it, it raises a lot of questions to me. I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say anything crazy, but it would take more effort for the accident to occur than it would for it not to happen. Yes. At least that's the way it would look to me. Now, like like I said, I don't know. There's it, It's sounding more and more like it's just carelessness, but at the same time, where do you draw the line on the carelessness? Because that's really, really reckless when you're dealing with something as, sure. as, as someone's serious life. as a gun. Yeah, I'm about to say, as some, you know, dealing with someone's yes. life, you yes, know what I mean? Because like, you point a weapon at anybody... As you're taught that you don't point a gun at something unless you're intending on shooting. Yeah, don't don't point it at anything you're not willing to put a hole in. And you know, I I made a living with firearms uh, for a long time. I still own firearms responsibly. You classes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a well. At least I was a firearms instructor. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, have I ever dealt with an accidental discharge? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, by my own fault. You know. I was being careless. Now, no one got hurt, luckily. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's a real thing, and it does happen. But it still leads back to the question of why was the round on set? Yes. Why was it there? Why? why how would, could that have happened? Why did this gun, if it malfunctioned in this manner, why did it have the ability to take a life? Right. Sure. And, you know, a, a lot of people will, will go into, ah, oh, this is why guns, this is why guns. Well, like, I, I'm a big-time Second Amendment supporter, too. 
And but, see, that's, uh, you know, liberal-minded as I am, I'm one of the people that I agree with that as well. I believe yeah. that everybody has a right to have sure. their firearm as, sure. as long as you are properly trained to have that firearm. Sure. Uh, you know, and, I believe everybody, if they... And, and I think there needs to be... I Honestly, I think that there needs to be, like, for concealed carry people, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? People who are carrying their weapons yeah. on them daily, that kind of stuff. I think that every five years when they have to renew it, they should have to go through some form of psyche valve. Doesn't um, seem too much to ask. No, not really. Especially if, especially because like it most of the time state funded. I mean, it's cheap. You can go in, get it done, make it a part of your registration. Mm-hmm. And, and who knows? Maybe that psyche evaluation may be good for the person. It's just a yeah, right. General psyche like, I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever I bought the gun, but uh, <laughs> after I talked to you, Doc, you know, like, I, heard, I think I probably need to find something else to do. Yeah, right. So I took up knitting. Uh, you <laughs> I know, don't think I, it'll go that extreme. Well, yeah, but. I, you know, this, look, man, this is a good way to, to to end this, I think, because, you know, this whole thing, starting with Dave Chappelle and Theo Vaughn and, you know, Aaron Rodgers and all this. It, look, man, basically all we're doing is making fun of serious stuff. You know, seriously, I mean, but if you can't do that, man, what's the point? Like, if you can't have a little fun in your life, if you can't laugh at something every once in a while that you probably shouldn't laugh at, I mean, are you living... No. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I feel no, about not, it. You know? not at all. I, if you take yourself so seriously, then I promise you no one else is going to. You know what I mean? Be willing to laugh at yourself. Be willing to laugh at your flaws. And be willing to laugh at the people who are trying to make other people laugh at you. You know what I mean? Just, like, roll it off. I don't know. I mean, I, I know sometimes it's not as easy as just walk it off, but... I don't know. We got to find some middle ground somewhere. And like I said, just keep making fun of serious stuff. Yeah, uh, that's I'm right along you. I'm right along with you on that opinion. Yes, keep making fun of all of it. Yeah, keep saying what you're what you're saying. Uh, I would be mindful if you're going to say any hate speech. Probably don't want to do well, that one. Yeah, I, but like I said, man, I, if I, you're going to have an opinion, then all respect to you for having your opinion. Right. It's just don't hate on somebody else for having a counter opinion. Yeah, if, sure. You know, if you want to be able to be that open and honest and free, you got to deal opinion, with it coming you back. Have to at deal you. with it coming back at you because yeah. that's the country that we live in. God bless it. That yeah. be any other way. Yeah, that's right, man. Hey, look at us, man. Changing hearts, changing minds. One pod at a time. Yeah, man. Some good pod. Good pod. All right, man. Well, I tell you what, man. Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, hey, everybody, find us on uh, the socials. By the, at this point, if you don't know what they are, I'll tell you again. It's uh, Twitter. Just type in the Hoot Hob Show in Google and follow. Uh, yeah, and follow it on everything, and then uh, go on your podcasting uh, platform. Do the same thing. Yeah. The Hoot Hob Show and subscribe it. You know, and then download some episodes, you know, enjoy yourself. Yeah, if you see something in our Facebook feed that you like, don't like, don't agree with, heck, post on our page. You have the ability to do that if you like our page. If you see something that you want us to talk about. But don't say anything that's going to get me triggered. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) I'm sorry. You can say whatever you want. We've already said I have no standards. He's making a joke. Yeah. I mean, come on. He does want you to interact with him. Yeah, absolutely, man. But if you do share something to our page, let us know that you're listening, that you like the show, that you don't like the show. Just we're honestly looking for some feedback here because... While we love doing this and we're, we, you know, spend so much time every week trying to figure out good content to keep everything going, we would like to have a little feedback from yeah. our audience because 
we want to make the show something you guys want to continue to listen to and not something that after you get uh, after time you kind of give up on us so we don't we don't want that yeah, we want yeah, you to yeah. interact with us stay relevant we're, we're having a great time doing it we want to stay relevant we want you guys to keep us relevant so yeah, yeah. please interact with us please yeah man so subscribe download follow all that good stuff by uh, for myself food hobbs and from mr bt we bid you good night Thank you.